0: First off, I going to say thank you. You're one of my favorite players, men or women, no matter just that basketball, you're one of my favorite players ever. And I'm definitely appreciative. We both definitely appreciate to have you on the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having
0: me, y'all. Midwest thing right here. Straight so, up. Uh, first question we ask is uh, when you first made it to the WNBA, who's the first person to bust your ass?
1: Oh dang! You gonna come at me like that?
0: Right away! Straight away! <laughs> right
1: away! So I don't know about I don't know about that. Um, look,
2: look! You like you forget I'm a defender around here? Like what you mean?
1: <laughs> I, I went so I went four years at Tennessee and I learned how to play defense underneath Pat. So by the time I got to the pros, sat out my first year. I told my ACL my senior year in college, so I had front row seat my rookie season really to be around the game and learn it and see the players. But I would say uh, the team, let me not just say a player, but the team, I would say the Detroit Shock. Okay. The bad boys, you know, led by Bill Lambier, definitely was the team overall that was the hardest for me to go against.
0: They had some hitters too. That's when they win them championship, huh?
1: Yeah, Swing Cash, Katie Smith, she was the player that I always say the hardest one, yeah, the hardest one for me to go up against. Katie Smith was
2: tough, she was a bucket yo 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 we live on location me and d miles here in orlando but today we got something special this is hall of fame status right here one of the best to ever do it women or men we gonna stay right here this time this is indiana fever's finest miss tamika ketchings appreciate you I remember when I first saw you, well heard about you, it was when you were at Stevenson, you and your sister playing, take me back to that when you got going and then being that your dad was who he was, how was coming up for you playing ball, when did you start?
1: Uh, So we got started in third grade, but when you fast forward, like my father played 11 years in the NBA. So we moved around a lot with him. Uh, His last year I was in second grade, actually first grade, we moved Italy for a year and then we came back to the States and kind of settled in a little bit. But by the time we got to high school, yeah, just being on the same team with my sister and we're not twins. We're 21 months apart. She's the oldest. I'm the baby of the three of us. And, uh, I just remember being on the court with her. You talk about like the twins, they have that sixth sense.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And and we had it, you know, like literally. I would get a rebound and I just throw it up. Yeah. Throw it
0: down the court. And I know, already I just know where she is. Yeah, I already know what she do. Yes. I get a, get it to her in a sweet spot.
1: <laughs> Get into the layup right
0: into the layup. I can remember because you know, I'm in high school coming through the same
2: time, and I'm like, you know, they showing the Stevenson that got the catching system. I'm like, man, who who is these girls? And then looking at y'all numbers, and y'all was both killing. I was like, man, that had to be like dope. Good days, man. Those are the good days. Tell me this was it in high school that you got the like when did you record the quintuplet, the quintuplet double? I, am I saying it right? Because that's so <laughs> crazy. Like, you. 25 points, 18 rebounds, 11 assists, 10 steals, 10 blocks. Who the hell do that? Who? Like in a real game, like this ain't no video game,
0: You you must have had that billion dollar bacon after that game. Hey,
2: like for real, that's crazy. Like who, who registers those type of statistics? Like was that in high
1: school? Yeah. What happened after that game? And it was crazy because they told me after the game. And I even at that point, I'm like, okay, like everybody does that. I'm 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 showing somebody up, right? Everybody (laughs) does that. But that's just the way that you play, you know, the way that I play. And I love the game. And I think for me, I always just wanted to be the best, not compared to anybody else. Like, there's a lot of great. We mm-hmm. talk about the goats of the game. And I, like, I don't need you to be a the goat goats. compared. You wanted the goats. You wanted <laughs> I mean, the goats. I feel yeah. you, you, I need you to be being humble and everything, dog.
2: but we're going to let it be known, no, no. yeah, though. You definitely do want to know. You don't see yourself that way. You're viewed that way. You wanted the yeah. goats. But, but go ahead, yeah. proceed.
1: <laughs> 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 I appreciate you guys. I just wanted to be the best, you know? I always wanted to be the best. And even even when I was younger, I could just see myself, like, running all over the place, playing defense, trying to help everybody else be great. And, uh, I mean, it just kind of happened.
0: Could there have been any other college could have got you or almost got you over Tennessee?
1: So I went on four visits. I went to USC, Tina Thompson, Lee Slez. Like, I was like, ah! Right, right. (laughs) Right? I went to... um, Arkansas, Coach Blair, yeah. um, Gary Blair, I wanted to be I, like, I love watching him and the way he was. I went to Tennessee and I went to Illinois because Taja was there. So I she, scoring there. So I
0: she had
1: But I went and I was just kind of like, you know, Taja said, she said, I know where your heart is. I know your heart is at Tennessee. Don't come here just because of me. And when she released me like that, it was like, okay,
0: <laughs> find
1: my name on the line, going
2: to Tennessee. Tennessee don't need to thank Tasha <laughs> then. Yeah, they definitely do.
0: One of the questions I always wanted to ask you, we heard how tough Pat Summit is. And I've watched your career since long, long time ago. And you was like always the shy girl. And I used to be like, man, like, did that ever break you how tough she was on y'all? Like, how was it for Pat Summit to be your coach?
1: I don't think you go to, like, one of the top schools without knowing that you're going to have somebody on your head every single day.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's what Pat was. You know, she demanded excellence from us at every single level and every single possession. Offensive end, I want you to be great. Defensive end, I want you to be great. And, I mean, you don't go to Tennessee without knowing that and without having those expectations of yourself. And
0: then when you the there, it was the three meeks. And the three meeks took off. Like, everybody knew the three meeks y'all team, y'all squad, to win them championships and to play with Shamiko and all them. Like, how was that to build that? Like, the world know y'all as the three Meeks.
1: Well, playing with Shameika, Holes, Claw, just period, hand down. People ask me all the time, who is the player the hardest to guard? And, I mean, you always go for a player that's on the other side. But, like, going up against Meek every day in practice, I swear, like, there'll be some times I'm like, I know I got her locked down. And y'all have seen her play. Yeah, She'll yeah. turn around, make a move so smooth and just like, boom, and then just jog down. <laughs> oh. But I love it. I mean, I love it. I love the way that she played because she pushed me every day in practice. And then Samika, we call her the glove. Right. Talk about lockdown, defense, pounding the floor. You know, remember when we used to do those defensive drills? Yeah. Like, that was me. And uh and just to be in that group, you know, the three of us together, just being able to go down in the history books. And we didn't come in thinking about us being the three meek, but right off the bat, Pat would say, Hey meek, and we'd all
0: <laughs> hey, <everybody's Me>.
1: <laughs> so we had to come up with some new names. So.
0: How was it how was it when you first heard it though? Like when you first heard the three meeks, how was that for you?
1: I'm like, that's dope, you know, being affiliated with Shamiqua, like she yeah. was one of those players that I looked up to. Yeah. And so even being in the same sentence, I was like, Yeah, like the three meetings, I like the ring of that. You know? Word. All good things coming threes, isn't that what they say? <laughs> yeah,
2: straight okay, up. Okay. <laughs> Tell me this though. After your you know, you get the Tennessee your freshman year. Tell me, were you expecting a perfect season like y'all had? Just tell me how that season was to go undefeated and just to world dominate the way y'all did. Yeah.
1: Well, it's crazy because they had the Cinderella season before that. Y'all remember? They won yeah. before. Yeah. And had the Cinderella and lost awesome games. And it's kind of like, it's supposed to be their year. So when we came in, I definitely wasn't expecting us to go undefeated. Yeah. But when I tell y'all, like, practices were so hard. Every single day there was blood. Yeah. Every day. I mean, that's just how, like, that's how hard we went against each other. Sometimes the practices were harder than the game. Right. Yeah. We got down to the end. We were uh, at Vandy. I think it was maybe Elite Eight playing against uh, North Carolina. And we were down. I think we were down like 10 or 11 with four minutes left to go. And Kelly Jolly, KJ also known Kelly Jolly Harper now, head coach for Tennessee. She came, she slammed the stool down, and she was like, we will not lose this game. And, Ooh. like, something clicked. We won the game. And after that, I was like, yeah, we, we're like, we're going. We're going to win this year. We're
0: going all you know, the way. We're
1: going all the way. And we won. And I just after that was like, man. The rookie, the freshman, like if this is the way college is gonna right, be, right? Right? Like how does, how does that? Like <laughs> as a freshman, you walk in the door and y'all
2: don't lose a game, and you looking around like, yeah, I can get used to this. Yeah. So, I, I got guess, four years of right? this.
0: Four years,
1: and then sophomore year came, and it, yeah. <laughs> My first loss in college was to Purdue. Carolyn Pack was the head coach. Stephanie White's on that team. Katie Douglas, Katie and Douglas. card figs, like they came out the gates just like boom. Mm. We didn't. I don't think we ever knew what hit us. And then by the time we looked up, it was like, oh, my gosh, like
0: we lost the game. <laughs> we talk about defensive play. You know, we're defenders. You know, me and you, we play defense. So when you, you, why, you,
1: why, why didn't you say Q? Because he trying, he trying to take shots. To... <laughs> why didn't <she> <laughs> you hey, say Q? We talk that. about, you know, real
0: defenders talk. It's the segment for real defenders. So, you know, us as being defenders, how was it for you? You know, uh, uh, Pat was just on you about playing defense. How was it for you to win your first defensive player of the year?
1: What a tribute to Pat. I mean, I went in my freshman year in college playing defense the way that I thought I knew how to like the way that in my mind defense was to be played. My first practice at Tennessee, it set the tone for my whole four years at Tennessee. (laughs) But I literally rolled up, and we were doing one of the first things. The Pat always had open gym. We'd have fans sitting in there. Like, you would almost think it was a game. But, like, the fans wanted to see how the freshmen are. So, we came in at the Four: Samika Randall, Kristen H. Clement, Teresa Jeter, and myself. So, in practice, we're doing this drill, the defensive drill. Now, I told y'all, like, I like defense. But in high school, like, I was more of the offensive player, Positive with the defensive players. That's kind of, we, we had a thing that was cool. So <laughs> we're doing this defensive drill. We're lined up on the right side. Offensive player, defense, coach in the middle, you know, making the path. And I got my defensive stance and I just heard, up. And I looked. She was like, get your butt down. Get your arm out. <laughs> butt down, arms out. Okay, this can't be the way we play defense because I got beat. <laughs> over and over and over again, so, like, I was mad, I got beat. Finally make a stop, go to the end of the line, and I'm just steaming. But there's all these people around, so I'm like, okay, I like, can't do nothing crazy, right?
2: Right.
0: <laughs>
1: get back up the second time and get back in my defensive stance. up. And I look, she said, get your butt down <laughs> and your arms out. I said, okay, butt down, arms out. I got beat over and over and over again. Now I'm pissed. Like, I was mad before, but now I'm like, boiling. and y'all know how you are when you get to that point. I was like, oh, my gosh. So I go back to the end of the line, finally make a stop, go back to the end of the line, and I'm mad. I'm just like, this is crazy. This is not how you play D in my head. This is not how you play defense. There's no way you play defense and keep getting beat. Like, at least give me a chance to do it the way I know how to do it, right? So I get up the third time, Pat is like behind the basket. She's over there talking to fans. And I get in my defensive stand. And all of a sudden I heard, Tamika, And then I heard <laughs> a voice say, what? And everything just stopped. And I looked around, like literally people in the, that were sitting in the stand, their mouths were wide open. Like, and I realized, and I'm like, did I, I say that? <laughs> <laughs> And everybody looking at me like, oh, I can't believe. And I was well, like, oh, my God. Mind, huh? <laughs> so get your butt down. Get your arm down. And so I get down in a stance, and I'm like, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> so then I walk. So, like, after I get down, I'm about to walk to the end of the line. she said, uh, Tamika, come on. Come on down here. She's underneath the basket. Damn, now the coach, the coach stands with one leg up on the damn. basket, like the back part of the basket, she said, am I going to have to handle you with lace gloves? And that was her way, like, saying, you playing like a girl. Am I going to have to treat you like a girl? Right, right, And I'm like, no, no. And she said, am I going to have to send you back to Duncanville, Texas? <laughs> and in that moment, I was like, if I go home, my mama going to kill me. <laughs> if I stay here, she's going to kill me. But at least it won't hurt as <laughs> bad if it's her. And... Literally, after practice, I went, you know, we got through practice. I went up to her office after practice, apologized. I was like, I'm ah, so sorry. I don't I don't know what got into me. You know, she was just like, we better not ever have this problem again. See, that let and me know
2: had- that Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> Ketchum did a good job raising Because anybody, like, that had them parents like we had, they know. Whenever you in that critical situation, you don't think about the police. You don't think about <laughs> this. You don't think about jail. You think about your mama and
1: your daddy. Like, they going to... Kill get a me from like you but they gonna yeah. kill yeah <laughs> so needless to say we had a great relationship after that yeah. and we never had another run-in so through the course of four years she taught me what it meant to be a great defender and being able to rotate to different positions playing the one the two to three the four if i had to go to the five i could do that too and it just kind of translated to the pros. The game got quicker. I mean, y'all know from college to the pros yeah. and mm-hmm. high school to the pros, like it's a big jump, right? So having to learn how to defend and how to learn how to use your body and how to see plays happen. I mean, a lot of that I learned in college and being under her system, and then it just translated to the pros.
0: Then you went four of them. Like the <laughs> other think that you'll get you four in the books.
1: And we still didn't win those years. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: One of the things to piggyback off, what you said, do everybody who play for Pat has that second thought? It's like, man, should I be here <laughs> right now? Because every player we had, like like Candace said it, like was said it. It's like, man, everybody was like, yeah, let me second. Should I go change my mind or something, go that's back what, home? That's what let you know that this, <laughs> this
2: she a real one, though, because these are her superstars just oh, let yeah. you know that she dug into them. And that's what make legends legend, though. That's what be
0: refreshing to hear about that's it. That's how Mike. you know they ready. You make it out of there, you ready.
1: got to be ready. But that's the difference between back then and now. I mean, we got yeah. the transfer portal, and this thing is going crazy with, with player transferring. But it's like yeah, you had to great. learn how to dig. You had to learn how to dig deep things don't happen the way you want them to, like you figure out a way to get over that hump. And that's the difference. I feel like we had to go through that and it made us stronger.
2: Yeah. I was totally unaware. Like I got one of our best friends coaches in college now. And it was like, I'm like, what the, what is a transfer portal? He like, man, it's just new thing, bro. Like, I'm like, and they could play right away. Like, Yeah. <laughs> man, we had to sit out a whole year. We was like, nah, we ain't transfer. You got to sit out a whole year, homie. You said your whole program, back. you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't afford that. Like now it's like, you could just move around. It's like, I, it's gotta be the wild, wild west. Yeah. <laughs> like people it's recruiting crazy. while you at other, cause how do you,
1: you know what I'm saying? How do you say I'm going here if they're not recruiting you somehow? You know what I'm saying? But what about loyalty? Remember yeah. when we like you almost thought I I mean I've been in Indiana my whole adult life. Yeah. I literally have been here for 20 years and can't imagine being anywhere else.
2: Yeah. But
1: like in college, when I went to Tennessee, even after that first interaction with Pat and it didn't go the way that I <laughs> had dreamed of it going, I still I thought about leaving, but I was like that I can't see myself anywhere else.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Those
2: players don't have that anymore. Yeah, and I get it. Because, like, even back then, you know, it would be certain situations where it's like, all right, this person needed to make that move because it was something critical. But now it's like you say, it's like, first thing, you're going to go, yo, right, I'm out of here. It's like, you got to have some type of resiliency with it and give it that, you know, give it the proper try and all of those things. But giving them that ability to do that, I think that took that out the window. It's like, oh, I can move around, I'm moving.
1: (laughs) Well, it's like the get rich quick. Scary. Yeah, yeah. Like, I will oh, I'm not going to play here. OK, I'm going to go somewhere else. And
2: then what yeah. if you don't play there? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're going to
1: transfer to another school?
2: Yeah.
1: It's, it's
2: crazy. Tell me about when you finally got drafted. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's for all of us hoopers. That's one of those moments of achievement. You know what I'm saying? When we walk across that stage, shake the commissioner's hand. And just tell me how that was. That moment was for you.
1: It was crazy. I
2: <laughs> mean, I
1: literally... Have dreamed about going to the NBA. My goal switched to the WNBA. My freshman year in college, I'm like, okay, they got four years to get it right, (laughs) and then I'm gonna be
0: there. I turn
1: my ACL on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, my senior year. Season over, like it's done. The draft is three months later.
0: Yeah.
1: Like who's gonna draft you, right? right? So they send me up to Jersey. We go up there. I'm on my crutches and all that, and I'm you know getting dolled up and all that, getting ready for the draft. We're sitting there. First pick goes, Lauren Jackson going out to Seattle. Second pick, Kelly Miller going to Charlotte. Third pick, Indiana's on the clock. And then you know how you have, like, an out-of-body experience? Like, I heard my name. <laughs> I was like, did they call my name? <laughs> I am <laughs> so looking right. around, like looking around, like, oh, that's me. You know, and I cut you up there. I was so excited. And they asked, like, they shoved the mic, like, what do you know about Indiana? I'm like, uh, right. <laughs> they play basketball. <laughs> Who's your state? Yeah, but uh, I mean, and I say this all the time, but what a blessing! I mean, if I would have went to Seattle, would have been far, far away. Charlotte, I mean, unfortunately, their team didn't last that long. Right. And then there's Indy, and I ended up in the best spot, not only for myself, but my family. My family lives up here; majority of them do. And my brother's close by. So it just draft day was amazing. But just the community overall, the organization, the Simon family, they're amazing.
2: Match made in heaven. When you were at Tennessee, y'all, you know, obviously y'all were sold out. Y'all were a huge show. Big, big stadium playing down in Tennessee. How was the transition from you going to those big stadium pack houses to going to a smaller market in Indiana where everything was kind of just getting going?
1: Well, I mean, you just said it. (laughs) Everything just getting going. And the fever, we weren't a team that started from the beginning. We were definitely an expansion team. And so like most expansion teams, it takes a couple of years to get the ball rolling. So, you know, when I, by the time I got on the court and coming, coming from Tennessee, I wasn't really used to like losing like that. And uh, first year, we didn't do too well. I don't even remember what our record was, but I was determined. I was like, okay, like every year we just got to get better, every year. And the fans will come. And i say 2009 was probably one of my proudest moments. We got all the way to the finals. We lost to Phoenix. That's not my proud moment. But after that, I was on my way up north, and I stopped at a gas station and probably about two hours away from Indianapolis. And I'm at the gas station. <laughs> And I see this guy walking toward me. And so I'm literally like, okay, what will I do if he, like, get too close? I'm, like, scheming in my head. What can happen if he comes too close? I'm going to have to, like, you know, no offense. I'm not a violent person, but I'm going to have to kick and run. Like, that's what protect I'm thinking. Like, I <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's like, oh, my gosh, you're a t- tweaking catching. Them. I'm like, Yeah. And then he was like, oh, my gosh, I watched the Indiana Fever this year. And he was like, oh, Ebony Hoffman and Tammy Sutton-Brown and Brian January and Jessica Davenport. I mean, he named Name the whole <laughs> team. And up until that point, everybody knew that the Fever was like a Tamika catching team. Mm-hmm. But that was the first time in the beginning, really, that people started recognizing us like we're not just Tamika. It's not just her. Mm-hmm. It's a whole team. and. Yeah. People started, like, coming in flocks after that. I mean, we sold out 2009. It was awesome. And then after that, like, we just kept rising up. Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to get back to.
2: I, I can Put dig up. it. Take me back to, like, you tore your ACL, and then you had to go to the draft on crutches. You end up missing your whole rookie year. But then you come back and win rookie of the year. Like, how was that for your confidence? Because I know, you know, any of us know if we come in as rookies, you trying, you all excited about, like, you just been your dream. You want to play in the NBA. Now you switch it to the WNBA. And you then you finally get there, but you hurt. But then you get to come back that next year and really get off. Like, how was that for your confidence in your game?
1: Well, great. I mean, that's definitely a confidence builder to start off your career like that. But, I mean, I give major props. I worked out with Carlos Knack and our, our assistant coach Julie playing every day. Every day we were in the gym for hours just get me back. And from the beginning to the end. And then Q, you'll laugh at this. I ended up playing. They had the NWBL <laughs> up in Chicago, right. so I I played for the Chicago Blaze. Mm. I would I would literally be in market Monday through Friday training every single day and then i would drive up to chicago and play in the games on the weekend and then come back because i was on a marketing deal out here but i was determined i was like i gotta have a good year and i don't want to i don't want to get out there and just totally like so I, i wanted to play before we got started and played for the blade we had a good season up there but came back and i felt like you know when we got back i was ready to play and our team was our team was getting better. You know, y'all we way. To, we we're on our way. We can only go up from
0: there. This is rare in the WNBA for a player to play for one team. How proud are you to play for one team your whole career? And not only play for one team, you lead them to a championship before you get on up out of there. Like, how proud is that for you?
1: I mean, super proud. Rare. Super proud, rare. yeah. Very. And I think it goes back to the loyalty part of it, right? I mean, I... First off, we have like a it's called the core where you can't leave. Mm-hmm. And then once you get beyond the core, I mean, you got to have the franchise player. So once you get beyond that, you know, you have the opportunity to kind of go. And even when I got to that point of being able to go to another team or another organization, I really was like, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else and do what? Like <laughs> yeah. start it over, re- yeah. rebrand, rebuild. I mean, it's different. Candace went back to Chicago. She from shy, Yeah. So, it like it's just it's different, a different feel, yeah. right It's just yeah. different,
0: speaking about the championship they run in a championship, like uh watching the playoffs and watching y'all play and watching you play, it seemed like you put your will on <laughs> every single game <laughs> that y'all played that it was it was a no brainer that y'all was finna win, and you know that was the underdog in the championship for you to pull that off and just to play them games and uh, Seem like you every game you left it all the way out there. So how was that for you that championship run and holding that trophy up?
1: Yeah, I feel like it was uh straight from the Bible, David and Goliath. Yeah. Right. Like nobody expected us to win. And that's yeah. what I like, that's what we talked about. It's like, hey, we win games, we just gotta win one game at a time. Yeah. Until we get to three. Don't look at winning the whole thing. We did that in 2009. We were up against Phoenix. She was like, oh, yeah. yeah, we're about to get there. And then Diana Taurasi, <laughs> Penny Taylor, and don't forget about Cappy Pondexter. Ooh. Came Ooh. back and what? Queen yeah, Cat. so we ain't going to have that happen again. And <laughs> we, I mean, literally we came out. It was like our backs are against the wall, but nobody expects us to win. So just go and put everything out on the court every single night. And that's what we did. We came out with the championship. And I remember the media saying before we went in, they had bets. Like, y'all talk about the over-under bet. They were like, oh, they get swept. was yeah. <laughs> like, they don't even give us one the game? The disrespect. <laughs> <What? Yeah.
2: laughs> that had to make it a, a, you
1: know, a little bit more sweet <laughs> at the
2: end of the day. Like, you remember, you, you wrong <laughs> with you said. I heard you, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, I heard you. I, I can go find the articles right over here. I, I think I might have saved those a little motivation.
0: <laughs> you and know, KG are like, my players, like y'all two, remind me so much of each other, the versatility, all that <laughs> stuff. Who brought the versatility to your game? Who brought the style of, I can play any position on the floor? Because every player can't do that. With you, you were one of the first that I seen kind of mastering that, this forward point. You know, I'm guarding the point guard. Uh, I, got, I hit the three. I got to guard this guard. Like, how is that for you? And who taught you to be versatile all around the court?
1: I think it's the street. Yeah. I literally, as, as a youngster, was at the basketball court anytime I could. Yeah. And definitely through any emotion that I felt. When I was mad, I was at the courts. When I was happy, I was at the courts. When I was sad, I was at the courts. And yeah. I would play with any and everybody. Yeah. But I think as far as, like, who groomed it, it would be Pat. You know, when I got to Tennessee, and I mean, you just get used to playing a lot of different positions. And I think a lot of the coaches that I, like my high school coaches, when I look back, they put me in a lot of different situations, but you don't ever think about it like I'm the one or the two or the three. It's just kind of like, oh, I got the ball. I got a rebound, like dribble the ball up to court. And my dad, you know, my dad was part of that. I mean, we'd have Sunday nights, we'd have family night at the court and he'd have all the older guys that would be in the gym. And I remember begging him, I'm like, I'm I'm good enough to play with them. I'm
0: to play with them. My was
1: like, I can't let you get hurt. If I take you home hurt, your mother would kill me. So I would always be sitting on the sideline like they won't let me play with the grown (laughs) up. But hey, you know, I finally got my chance and uh, I I would assume that I didn't let my dad down.
0: Who was the players? Who's the women that you used to see coming up, even men or women that you seen coming up that you was like, man, I wanna play like her or be like him?
1: The WNBA didn't come until my freshman year in college. So up until that point, like Alonzo Mourning was my favorite, just (laughs) hand down, just always like, ah. So I just felt like he was one of those players that could do anything, you know, whatever his team needed from him. He could do it. He could score. He could defend. He seemed like a good leader at that point in time. And, uh, you know, even now, like I consider him one of my mentors. And then uh, I fast forward to the 96 Olympic team. I mean, honestly, watching that team. Win the gold medal and watching Dawn and Lisa and Cheryl, I was like, man, I <laughs> want to be an Olympian. Like that's what I want to do when I go. I want to be an Olympian. I want to be a. Prof- I wanted to be in the NBA, be with you guys over there. Like I wanted to be with you guys, and then the W came. My goal switched, but that '96 Olympic team really helped me set my next standard of being. Being Olympic material. I don't
2: think people really realize how big that was for us kids in the 90s. I, we've had a few of the different, you know, Dream Team 1 and Dream Team 2 guys on. And um, both of them, like, 92 was crazy. But like you're saying, 96, I mean, every time it came around, it was like you knew it was about to go crazy. You were going to have the McDonald's cups and everything was going to be USA Olympic. And it was just like, this the time where... No matter what city you from, you know, it's not about Chicago or the Lakers or this, it's about the USA and you cheering for all of your favorite players. So, like, like, that's crazy to hear how it really impacted all of the different people in different ways on the men and women's side of it.
1: And you see that now. I mean, we're gearing up for another Olympics, although it's an off year. Right. But people are excited. I had my USA jacket on the other day and, Mm -hmm. you know, I was out and about just walking and people were like, yeah, USA. And, and that's what it's all about. Like, it's not me being part of the Indiana Fever or any other team. It's really about, hey, we come together and uh, it's a gold standard. Like, we don't come back without the gold. That's just the standard that we uh, set.
0: One thing the Olympics do on the women's side, they always get it right. Cause, they, <laughs> like, every Olympics, it be a dream team out there. It be hitters. Sometimes about, Oh, my God. I love watching the women's play more than anything because it's like, man, they, they play good basketball. It looked like y'all having fun and y'all always win. So <laughs> <No> <laughs> we
1: like to be supporting winners, right? Tell me
2: how did it feel when you finally got there and you brought home the gold for the country? How was that feeling like from coming back from when you were watching in 96 to your first gold medal?
1: 2004 was crazy. And um so I told you guys I tore my ACL two thousand one, mm-hmm. came back, made the the senior team two thousand and two for the world championship, and then coming off of that, coming back and you know having the opportunity to play for my first Olympic, but we're considered a rookie, so we're yeah. still like the ones that are doing all the stuff for mm-hmm. all the older players. Yeah, we know we know how that goes. <laughs> so you like and, the youngest. Yeah, and you don't really have a voice, right? Because you got all these older players. I mean, I was like, oh, man, I'm playing with Don and Lisa and Cheryl. Like, I'm just going to stay in my lane, do
0: what I need to do. No turnovers, no bad pass. (laughs)
1: And and the bad thing about it, like, y'all know. When you're the youngest one, you get all the blunt of all of that, right? So Cheryl <laughs> would get beat on defense, Bam would be like, catch, yeah. why didn't you get on myself- yeah. <laughs> like oh, I, was, man, I was I was like, I was on the bench
2: for that play. Like you two
1: used to calling my damn name. What's going
2: on?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> man, so it was a it was a rough year, but we came out with the goal. And I'm just like, I'm so grateful for that experience. I'm so grateful for Van, you know, giving me the opportunity in that first Olympic game. My teammates were amazing. And that was just the beginning. So 2004, 8, 12, and 16, and finish.
0: <laughs> One of the players that used to play with you is Ivy. She's from St. Louis, and I always used to watch her play. And now she's at Notre Dame doing the coaching thing. And I know she's been there a lot of years. In Indiana, with you, like how proud of you to see her doing a coaching thing in Notre Dame, and you know, got them girls going.
1: Man, isn't that awesome? Yeah, I think it's just like you look at like we're all the same age. Yeah, relatively. (laughs) So look at the people that we played with, and you see what they're doing now, where they've gone. You know, people on TV, y'all doing your thing right here. You know, it's just about impact. And yeah. Niela has been like watching her and then seeing Jaden, Jaden that Purdue mm-hmm. killing yeah. freshman season, you know, came out. I know he's upset about how they performed in the playoffs, but I'm like, dude, like you got, you got three more years, maybe. Maybe he <laughs> might, he may or may not, right. He might go yeah. pro soon, you know, but you know, I think for Nielle, just what she's been able to do, went to Memphis, coached there for a little bit with the Grizzlies, yeah. got some experience. And now like, you're the head coach at Notre Dame behind Muffet McGraw. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Awesome.
0: Yeah, that's big time right there. When I say she got the job, man, I, was, I definitely was proud of her. And just to see where she's at now, it's just it's dope to see that.
1: To see our young African-American sisters, like women, being able to step up and be in head coaching role at prestigious colleges. I mean, like Notre Dame is a college that everybody knows. And you hear about it from the football side, from the basketball yeah. side. But, like, to have Neil at, at a young age in that role, in that position, trying to, you know, get back to where they've been in the previous year. And I know she will. Yeah. Like, we all know. We know what she's capable of doing, and she'll be a great coach.
2: Straight up. You are a young African-American female in a prestigious position, you know, with the fever, doing what you're doing. And you are a person that's, you know, being that example of showing that we – can't do this on the other side of basketball and, and you're doing it in a front office role. Tell me how you feel about a lot of the advancements and the changes that are being made to make things better for your women in the WNBA.
1: Well, the CBA was a start for the women and really being able to provide more opportunity. You know, the thing that kills you or kills me rather is all the comparison, you know, the comparison from the WNBA to the NBA and we're not the NBA, right? This is our 25th year of the WNBA. And I I know the NBA is like on year 60 something, maybe more. I don't no, even yeah, know. You're
2: over 70, 70. Oh yeah.
1: yeah like, so to make yeah. a comparison, there's no comparison from a 25 year old to a 70. I mean, <laughs> let's just put this in perspective mm-hmm. of, of dating people and that <laughs> hopefully, hopefully yeah. will not happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think when you look at that, and, you know, especially for me and my position, I'm grateful because I've been able to grow up in this organization. I always tell people I've been here my whole adult life. This is what I know, Indiana, and the opportunities that have come from it, being able to, you know, continue to grow and learn and be, you know, under the stewardship of the Simon and Rick Fusen and now my, my boss now, Allison Barber. Every day I feel like I'm in a position to grow. And to be a role model for the next generation, it's really important for me just to be able to provide them opportunity.
0: Absolutely. Who are your favorite five women's players? Not your top five, but your favorite five women's player. My favorite five? Who are your favorite five? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite five? <laughs> yeah, oh, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, my favorite, my favorite five. He. Deanna Taurasi, Maya Moore, Tamika Ketchins, <laughs> Tina Thompson, and Lisa Leslie.
1: Okay. My favorite, Don Staley, um, <laughs> Tina Thompson, Candace, uh-huh. um, Lisa Leslie, and I'm going to throw Cheryl Swoops.
0: Cheryl Swoops. Swoops. Okay.
1: Who you got, Q?
2: <laughs> Put you on the spot. I'm going to go Don Staley, Cheryl Miller, Cynthia Cooper, uh, Candace Parker.
1: Putting a
2: five and in there. And Tarassi. Oh, you're
1: going small
2: ball. Oh, I didn't know we had to go. <laughs> I, no, I mean, you, you know, know, I just I thought throw, we put just... everything
1: in like yeah. if we're gonna have I, a game. let me, Hold
2: up. I gotta go big, let me get I'm gonna go Candace at the four, then I'm gonna throw Yolanda Griffith at the five. She'll go shot Ooh. down on oh, yeah, oh, you. Feel yeah, down. That's, that's, that's the thought, <laughs> you feel me? Shot time. Like, that's that's I'll give guard. That's
0: Carl, You feel
2: me? I'm gonna go shot time on you, boy. I like, that. Boy. You know <laughs> I like that. I
0: like that. Yeah. Yeah. Start bench cut. You gotta start one. You gotta bench one. You gotta cut one. Candace Parker, Lisa Leslie, Tina Thompson.
1: Oh, that ain't right.
0: <laughs> That's what he do every time. That's his.
1: <laughs> what? Who came up with these questions? This is D now. <laughs> nah, man. Nah, I'm starting all three of them. You can't Straight start, bench, or cut. <laughs>
0: Hey, boy, you a fool. I, I definitely, I definitely feel you on that. But Tombo said the same thing when we hit him with, with you and Shaq and Lonzo. He was like, "Nah, you ain't setting me so up." He, so he, yeah, you ain't definitely not. You definitely not. If somebody gonna be
1: listening, oh for real? You cut me? Nope. I ain't got nobody. All y'all on my
0: squad. If you had four other players, four of your former teammates, if you could pick four of <laughs> your former teammates, college, WNBA. Who would be them oh, other four man. teammates that you would play a game with?
1: <laughs> other four teammates, okay. Um,
0: Olympic team, whatever. Oh, other right. four teammates,
1: okay. Well, I would have Don. I probably would have the five that I just named. Mm. I definitely have Don. I'd have. Let me think. I have all my teammates. No, because Shmeek would need to be in there. <laughs> yeah, Shmeek was my three. That's Don's my one. My two would be. I'm gonna go DT. I'm gonna uh, go Terrence, Diana. Okay. Yep. So Dawn, Diana, Schmikwa.
0: You. And me. who is Sarah?
1: Ooh. I gotta I gotta have a five. I'm gonna go, um, I'm gonna go Lisa. Oh,
0: that's Cause at nice. the end
1: of the day, Lisa got them bows.
0: That's right. Nothing
1: else. <laughs> And she
0: mean she with it too. Out mean <laughs> with it too. Every time I see Lisa, she just be smiling. Then <laughs> every time I see her on the court, she be just mean looking the whole time. Killing her, <laughs> Killing her. Get you with the. Oh, oh, oh yeah.
1: okay. Yeah, that's a nice little squad right there.
2: I yeah. like that. I like that. Hey, tell me this. If somebody, you were a 10 time All Star. That's a whole lot of All Stars, by the way. I ain't getting none of them. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. salute, salutations to that. Thank but you. just. Tell me the difference of having 10, like your first All-Star game, your last. Tell me the difference in between the two.
1: Every one, you're excited about making the All-Star game. Let me just say that. The first one is your first, right? So you're like, oh my gosh, this is my first time. But your last one is like, for me, I knew it was getting toward the end of my career. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like you appreciate it more. And I, I remember my last year was probably one of the first years that we had many young players making the all-star game. And you're you're almost counseling the younger players more than anything.
0: Well I want to ask you, like uh following your career, I remember you being in Tennessee and you was the shy girl. You weren't doing too many interviews and stuff. And being as a fan, you know, you always want to see the personality and see you. And and then as you get to the NBA, it's like, man, the growth of you, you start to see the smile, the interviews, you talk more and all that stuff. Tell us about that transition of being more open to the world to show more of yourself.
1: Well, I was born with a hearing disability. And so early on, I really, I think from a comfort standpoint, I really was uncomfortable because I got made fun of a lot for the way that I sounded. And and I was born with a hearing problem, so I had to wear hearing aids. I still do wear hearing aids and also had a speech impediment. Yeah. So I was always worried about like, oh, man, if I get on the interview and I sound wrong or, you know, people are going to make fun of the way that I look or if I stutter or say the wrong thing, like people are always going to be talking about you. And so I think for me, early on, it was just kind of like, let me just be as invisible as I can Mm -hmm. and and speak through the sports that I played and the sport that my sister mean, Q. don't know if you remember this, but. My sister used to do all my interviews.
2: Yeah. Nah, so I do after the game, that.
1: yeah. After the game, <laughs> the, the media would come and want to interview me. And my sister, like Taja, would come out of nowhere and stand right next to me. Uh-huh. And all the questions they would ask me, she would answer and I would just stand there. Yeah. But when I got to college, you know, like that started to change Pat a little bit over time, getting more comfortable. I got back in the way in my hearing aid, my freshman year of college. And then when I got drafted, my first year, same things, Like I got the marketing deal, and remember our community relations director, Lori Satterfield. She came up to me and she's like, "Okay, we're gonna do a school tour." And I'm like, "Okay, school tour. Like, what are we? What did that entail?" And she was like, well, "We're gonna go. We'll probably speak to like fifty middle school, like speak." And I'm like, "Speak about what? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> speaking, yeah.
0: me or you?" Right. And yeah. She was
1: like, no, like. We want you to speak, and I and I was like, no, no, I, I I don't do that. I don't speak. And she came back a second time and, and asked me, and then finally the third time, she was just kind of like, okay, well, here's the deal: like, we signed you to a marketing deal, <laughs> so
0: wow. you really
1: don't have a choice. And I literally, my first speech, we talked about the fever. For every victory, earns respect. Yeah. I wrote out a speech. I stood in front of. Think about all these kids sitting in the bleachers looking at you crazy. And I sat with a piece of, with a pad of paper and I read verbatim, every single word on the paper. And then I looked up, that was my speech. And gradually by, you know, by the 10th school, I kind of was weaning it a little bit by the 15th, 20th. And then finally I got comfortable enough to be able to speak without having that pad. Mm -hmm. But that's what it took. It took me going through that. Like I, never thought I would be thanking her for making me go and speak to all these school. But if I wouldn't have done that, I would have never, I don't think it would have taken me a lot longer to mm-hmm. get comfortable with hearing my voice and to get comfortable with talking in front of people.
2: I know that had yeah. to be like one of the scariest things ever. Cause I'm I like, yeah. what you probably like 22 or something, right? Yeah, Like, young. so, the first time I really stood up, and like you said, speaking in front of an auditorium, like, I'm I'm retired now, I'm retired from the NBA, and I, I died, that was the first couple times. Man, I stepped into the auditorium, I'm like, like you said, and I not have a piece of paper and nothing. It was literally like, you about to wing it, boy, and it was like, it was like six, 700 people or something, and these, these was college kids, it wasn't like little kids, and I'm sitting there like, in that moment, it was like, okay, shit just got real, you gotta tighten up, boy, like, you gotta, and it was like, like you say, I would slow out the block, but like I, I can, that was probably one of the scariest times getting up there that I've had in my life. Like, man, I'm kind of spooked right now. It was intimidating when you haven't done it before. Like when I telling me you do. I'm like, cool. I talk yeah. all the time. I'm cool. But then when I stepped, I was like, oh, I'm like, okay. That, that <laughs> you, don't have, right. you don't have a camera. You don't have something
1: to hide. You can't turn off the don't little Don't mess button. up. Everybody
2: <laughs> looking at you. You standing up here by your damn self. So, I was like, yeah, it's real right now. <laughs> What'd you talk about? Just talked about my story, my life, everything that I've been through and, you know, how I felt like, you know, I just wanted to share my story and let people know that like, even in some of your downest, most darkest times that you know that you can get through by persevering and just, you know, uh, having determination and good people around you and trying to do the right things. But even, you know, sometimes we all fall, we all make mistakes, we mm-hmm. all do bad things, but you know, I'm an example and D is an example of imperfection that could still work out at the end of the day and you could be okay.
1: And now look at you.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, what? You know, we up here trying to do what it do.
0: Yeah, it was just, I was just happy for you just in general, just watching you you come up and just seeing your personality, see you smile, see you talk more, and how your career ended and just seeing you on camera, just to see where you're at now, just being a fan from Yay High, just like it's, it's, it's dope to see where you're at now.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you guys. It's been a blessing, you know, and I think we can all attest to this as far as like the village, the people that have been around us. To yeah. the highs and the lows. And yeah. I mean, you go through injuries, then you don't think like, "Hey, you don't think you're ever gonna get hurt."
0: Right. Yeah. And then
1: when it happens, you're like, "Oh, fat Like, what am I gonna do?"
0: Yeah. And I'll ever be a hundred percent again.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> fighting back and, be, and not just being a hundred, but being better than you were.
0: Yeah.
2: Tell me this: you have a different type of insight. On Kobe than a lot of people. You knew Kobe as a as a young kid when you 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 know your dad and his played together in Italy. Just talk about a young Kobe, somebody that you know people never really knew about and how he was as a young kid.
1: Well, it's crazy because as a kid we were just kids. Yeah. And you don't think about like you don't think about the future and even at that age. I mean, shoot, we were what? I was in first grade. He was in second grade. And then of course, like my brother and my sister and his sisters. I mean in Italy, it was different. Both of our dad played together in Philly, and then dad got traded to uh, to Milwaukee and then went to L.A. for the Clippers for a bit, and uh, Jelly Bean went over to Italy. And so, like, by the time we got there, it was more, uh, there's not a lot of African-American families strolling around in Italy, right, so, right. like, we need to make sure that we get the family together. And they played on different teams, but we would get together, you know, often just to go see the site. Sometimes it was just a matter of, like, let's should get together. And for me, like my motivation and my just like determination with anything the boys could do, I could do too right. and don't eliminate me just because I'm a girl like I was yeah. a tomboy to the forest. no cares in the world, no future like' now we're talking we're not talking about NBA definitely not talking about WNBA and uh, and just living the dream you to know roll of Fame. Yeah. So crazy. So, yeah, but Dude tell me go. this
2: how <laughs> did y'all keep in any type of touch, or did he just the next time you really got to see him is when he became this high school phenom that everybody knew about?
1: We moved back. They stayed in Italy. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, Kobe Bryant again drafting this. Like, right, wait a minute. That's <laughs> <what>? <laughs> that's what this is the kid that we were just
2: exactly. With? That's the part. Yeah. So, that's the next uh, time you've seen him. It's like, yeah, he's this mega high school phenom going to the NBA. That, that's crazy. crazy. That's crazy, right there.
1: And then, so then, I mean, think about it. So, he goes straight to the pros. I go four years to college. Mm-hmm. And then, by the time we come out, like, even at that point, the time that we would talk is like all-star weekend mm-hmm. when we're crossing in the hall and it's like oh it's no like hey check in real quick how's your family how's everybody like go through the rundown right everybody good you good cool all right i'll see you next time and you never and like this is the thing that kills me you never imagine or you never think that you just see people as being invincible yeah mm-hmm. and we're young right we're young mm-hmm. so it's like the last time I saw Kobe, like we were at All-Star Weekend in Vegas. Mm-hmm. WNBA All-Star Weekend.
0: hmm Remember you went.
1: And we brought like the W brought a whole bunch of the legends back, but I went on behalf of the fever, you know, and uh Ida was there. You know, she won the 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 MVP that game, Candace was there. Mm-hmm. I was with Ruthie Bolton up at the top. Ruthie Bolton Holyfield, we're up at the top. And she's like, oh man, there's Kobe down there. She's like, you wanna go down there with me? To go say hi, I'm like, no, oh, I'll, I'll I'll catch them next time, mm. because you just assume that there's gonna be a next time.
0: Right, mm. it's gonna be a forever.
1: It's gonna be a forever, and it's just like, man, like don't take don't take this for granted. And anytime yeah. you have an opportunity, make sure you take advantage of the opportunities that you have to let people know that you love them. And, yeah to go out of your way sometimes. Cause I was just like, man, I just came from down there. I don't
0: want to go
2: all the way back yeah, down there. you know how you know is, the,
0: the fight yeah. through that all starts trash. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, you sometimes you don't realize how much you, like we, we weren't the best of friends, but you don't really ha- realize how much you care and love somebody until they, they actually gone and they mm-hmm. not here to run past sometimes, you know? Yeah. So tell me about when you finally get to the point where you're gonna retire
2: and stuff like that, and then you transition into being a director of player development. That's what I did. I did that job real Woo-hoo. quick over the business <laughs> for a couple of years, you know what I'm saying? So I know a little bit about that world. A little sub-sub. Yeah, but how was that? How was that, you know, first decision with retiring, coming to terms with that, then making the transition?
1: Well, it's interesting because our definition of player development are probably totally different. Like you were on the court, right?
2: No. Well. Yes and no, but I was more off the court than on the court. And you probably think I was like the guy that was out there training guys. Not <laughs> necessarily. I was, I only did that here and there with a couple guys. Yeah. But I was more like the paperwork to the make sure they get to the MBPA meetings and make sure this is happening and make sure they're straight in their personal life and doing check-ins, going over, taking them to dinner and stuff like that, making sure the team get together on the road, taking guys out to eat, that type of stuff, seeing what the young guys need, make sure they're being – you know attended to
1: yeah so my thing before i finished and i sat down with our, our gm at the time and uh, and rick fusion our president and he was like okay like what do you look at and i was like i really want to help guys focus on what does life look like beyond basketball mm-hmm. and really being able to take advantage of the opportunity while we're playing because once you I mean, y'all know Once you get done playing, you make those phone calls. and People are like, uh... (laughs) Who? Well, yeah. (laughs) Let me call you you back. (laughs) I'm going to call you back, right? And they don't call back. Matter of fact, they don't even answer the phone. Like, I don't even know who you are. I, I, like, deleted your number from my... (laughs) What? So I wanted to make sure. I'm like, that was a passion of mine to that moment. And, I mean, I worked with the Fever the first year. Then I went to the Pacer. Came back to the Fever. Went to the Julie. So I went to the Mad Ant. And then I came back. So literally like two years right there
2: doing the player development. And putting your time in for real. That's yeah, that, that's a, it's, it's a grind. It is. Coming from being who you are as a player and doing that every I'm telling you, everything is a grind. The first thing, you know, you sign up, you're like, cool, they're going to pay you what you're going to pay. And then when you start getting paid, you start being like, man, damn, like hold up, man, I'm, I'm kind of around here more than I was as a player. And I ain't getting a fraction of what I was getting as a player. <laughs> yeah. and,
1: and you become a servant leader. Exactly. Right? Like these guys now don't want to do what you tell them to do. And you're like, man, are you kidding me? Yeah. That was the thing that killed me. It's kind of like, okay, this will be over. <laughs> like, let, let's just be clear. And the WNBA, our average like length of time, average uh, playing career is three and a half years. Mm. You got three and a half solid years. Yeah, you see all like the players that have been here for 10, 12, 15 years, but not everybody. That ain't for everybody.
2: That ain't for everybody
0: at
1: all. So you need to start doing what you need to do now to prepare yourself for life beyond that. That was something that was really important.
0: After I retired, a lot of people ask me, What do I miss from the game? And I always tell them I miss the adrenaline, like the adrenaline from the crowd or a big game. What do you miss from the game since you've been retired?
1: I miss the bus slide. I miss sitting in the, <laughs> the locker room after practice, joning on somebody just because man,
0: Yeah. you, know,
1: you got crossed. Oh, we have one the other day in practice. Ouch. Right, right,
2: right.
0: <laughs>
1: I miss that. Like, I miss that. And yeah. even in my role now, like being the GM, I still get to feel a little bit of it. Yeah. Going to practice and being around. But, like, coming out of hook, when I finished, I had like a list of things that I didn't want to do. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to work nine to five. I didn't want to have to go to practice. I didn't, there was a lot of things I didn't want to do. And now like having the time away, it's like, gosh, like I missed the bus oh, so. rides. I missed being at the airport, just waiting on the plane. We just sitting around talking, you yeah. know, having those like, yeah, but you know, that's what you got good friends for
2: yeah but yeah. being in that position that you're in that's a testament you know that you did everything the right way because yeah. all of us sitting here know that as ex-players and stuff like that everybody don't get that opportunity from the team from whatever organization to say hey come work for us and like you know really be given an opportunity like you've been to be able to go here go there grow and continue to grow and like you say you feel like every day you in a position to grow like that's an unbelievable great feeling and great situation because it's not really what it is for everybody that's going around. And some people that get in this situation, they get boxed in and not in a position to go to see you be able to be fever, you know, then to the Pacers, then back to the fever, to the G League, then you moving up. Like that's all big salute to the organization for really, you know what I'm saying, putting you in play and believing in you and giving you that opportunity and then a bigger salute to you for really, you know, cashing in and making the most of it because you given the ability for the organization to put that trust in the next player to come through and handle their business the right way. You empower them to say, look at how Cash did it. She handled her business instead of somebody to get in there and, you know, sully it up and say, they come in here being like, and that may make it tougher for the next person coming through. So salute to you for doing it the right way.
1: Thank yeah. you. But I think too, if you said it. Okay, I was making this as a player and now you're on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. But. It's a it's a growth. You gotta grow yep. into that. And yeah. the unfortunate this is something I was talking about. The unfortunate part is we've all been playing basketball for so long, and for the most part, you don't make the NBA or the WNBA unless you're one of the top players. So like yeah. you have been in a sense, catered to yeah. to be able to help get you to that level. And so yeah. and then you go pro, and depending on how long you play. I mean, I played 16 years. We all played for a long time. Mm-hmm. You don't have an opportunity to do internship and go in. So like the people that came straight out of college and went into internship, they're like they're way further than we are by the time we finish our career. Exactly. And now we're just starting. So like it was really important, I think, you know, from that standpoint starting the foundation early on as a player really helped me and being able to know how to do a marketing plan and know how to speak to people and know how to get in front and know how to ask people for money, you know, just <laughs> knowing how to do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm, right. And then, yeah. you know, you keep growing on that to be able to have skill sets, And that's what I want for our players. When we started a program, uh, earlier this year called athlete to advocate for our players. And hopefully it's the first time it's ever been done, We teamed up with Anthem, uh, Anthem founder or Anthem. And then I uh, IU school of philanthropy and we went through a five week course teaching players how to be advocates. And we all have a voice. We have a platform. Obviously you saw that last season in the W and the NBA mm-hmm. and being able to fight for social justice, like fight for justice. We are fighting. We all want to fight for something. So knowing how to fight and doing it the right way, knowing how to speak about it, knowing what you're passionate about, like that's so important. And I'm thankful as, I mean, I know I've said I'm blessed. I'm thankful to be in an organization that has allowed me to grow and continue to allow our players to find their voices. I want to hire more players. Like that yeah. is my goal down the road. Yeah. I don't want to get, you know, how some people hoard position. I don't need to hoard a position. I want more
2: yeah, players yeah. to yeah. be
1: able to be in this position because I feel like we know the game, we know how to select talent. Now it's just a matter of like, hey, let's learn the business side so that we can get more players in this league.
2: So y'all just hear that—that's beautiful to hear. This is she's not a hoarder; she is somebody who <laughs> has got put in play that wants to put other
0: people on. This is a beautiful thing, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, I want to talk about the Catch Foundation. What made you start the Catch Foundation?
1: Yeah, uh, catch the stars. Like we started my sister and I in uh, 2004, but the first year that we got here, I did a, an appearance at one of the, like the local club, and the guy, the park director Ted Van Viper, he was like, "Man, have you ever thought about having your own camp? Like you just you're so good with kids." Well, he became our best friend really fast. We started our camp that year. This year will be our twentieth year
0: congrats congrats ah
1: for the catch the stars (laughs) holiday camp it's crazy and then so it was great after that the next year 2000 that was 2001 2002 we added a fitness clinic fitness clinic basketball camp next year we added a mentoring program fitness clinic basketball camp and then after that i was like okay we can't keep adding stuff and not have like an umbrella to put it underneath. Yeah. And uh we came up with Catch Your Stars and have been rolling. So we just gave out, we're giving out one hundred thousand dollars in scholarship money this wow. year. Wow. Um, so the awards show is actually coming up, so like we're got, obviously everything is virtual. And my goal, my dream one day, is to be able to provide full scholarship to college. Yeah. So we started. I think at $1,000, giving out one, like $1,000. Now you're giving out hey, $100. Like scholarship. Now we're at $20,000 renewable. And um, yeah, so we we'll oh, keep That's, going. All right. that's, that's what you it's all about. That's
0: impactful. What do you do to scratch your competitive is? <laughs> I
1: have a business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I used to tell people all the time, like, I... When you playing on on the court, it's like you can't go to jail. I can be mad. I can be mean. I can foul somebody hard. I can be happy. I can't get in trouble on this court. All I can get is a tech. (laughs) (laughs) So that competitive is to playing each other. And now you're not playing no more because. I'm trying to find. Me and Q went golfing the other day, and it didn't go too well, but I, I'm going to try it again. And, you know, we bold. We're <laughs> trying to find something to keep that competitive itch. It, we throwing paper in the trash can. We'd be like, I bet you I can do it better that than can, you. Yeah,
1: how far? how far can you get so oh, I, off the backboard, off the So wall.
0: how does how <laughs> a business give you that competitive itch? How does it fulfill it? Well,
1: I mean, every day we're competing with other businesses. Mm. You know, it's a tea shop, so we don't have liquor. We don't have any of that. Uh, I'm an avid tea drinker,
0: yeah, and I am too. Uh,
1: yeah, oh, I had to send you some tea. <laughs>
0: yeah, I need some.
1: Like, so how do you, how do you compete with the bigger company? Mm-hmm. And you know, especially India, India is a, a smaller market. So we're being like we're getting to the top point now, where people know what Tees Me Cafe is, especially mm-hmm. when we opened up the second location. So that gives me like. I just want once again wanting to be the best. Mm-hmm. I want our business to continue to grow. I want people to know. Like I want us to be the Starbucks for T one day. Straight
0: up. Ain't no wrong. Yeah, with it. I, I
1: know I know what I
2: want to know. Like you one of the players, it's kind of changing now, but most of your career you played overseas during the all season, right? Mm-hmm. How was that for you after being like y'all would go straight over there? It was a quick turnaround, right? How was that type of grind going playing overseas and then doing the WNBA as well?
1: I told my agent, I was like, look, I can't go the way that I play. I, I wouldn't have been able to play for as long if I would have went immediately overseas. So I played four years in South Korea, half a year in Russia, one year in Poland, in Gdynia, Poland, two years in Istanbul, Turkey, and then I finished in uh, China. So every experience was different. <laughs> right. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Some I like better than others. Mm-hmm. But you know what? when you love the game the way you love it, you don't mind the grind and you know that it's short lived, right? You Mm -hmm. know, you know, you're not going to be playing ball for the rest of your life. And so, you know, some of it is you make more money playing overseas than you did, especially at that time Mm -hmm. than you did in the W. But because you played in the W, it allowed you more opportunities overseas. Mm -hmm. And it really was just about taking advantage of opportunity.
0: Kind of hand in hand.
2: Yep. What was it like being inducted to the hall of fame? Look how she smiled when I said that. You in the <laughs> Hall of Fame. That's Hall like of fame. Hall
0: of Fame catch right there. That's a oh Hall of goodness. Fame catch.
1: <laughs> you don't dream about that.
0: Right. That's not even like your, you, your, it, your
1: Like you don't feel. Dream, You can't, yeah. You can't even say, like, oh man, I dreamed about being a like I didn't dream about being a Hall of Fame. I dreamed about being the best that I could be and not compared to anybody else. And so, like, even just envisioning it. It's crazy. It's just like working on my speech and all of that and all the people that I need to thank. And, you know, it's it's not just me, yeah. you know, like it's all the people that have helped me get to this point, my teammates, my coaches, teachers, yeah. you know, family, fans, others that have helped me get to this point
0: everything rushed back. All the way from the start, you pick up that ball. Every coach, every word, dribble, just all just came into form all over again. Speaking
2: of being the best, how was it to be, you was a top 20 at 20? Like you wanted to, that like, look, she's smiling. That's like, that go right in line with saying being the best, like she wanted the 20 best ever. Ever. To me, I feel like that's a little bit more status than just the Hall of Fame, right? Well, I
1: don't want to say that. I mean, not I mean, <laughs> from prestige, but I mean,
2: I'm just talking about yeah. just from, like, the level, because there's more than yeah. 20 people in the Hall of Fame, though, you know what I'm saying? they saying you top 20, period. Yeah, what
1: about that? <laughs> That's crazy. And then what's crazy is that we're going to keep getting older and that these younger players are going to keep coming in. <laughs> <laughs> and so, eventually, you're going to get pushed out.
0: Yeah. So, they can take all the 19 spot. but leave my spot in that, hey, look, <laughs> that look,
2: even if that happened, that's all good. It happened. But, like, I was there, though. Like, I was yeah.
1: there. I'd say, I mean, to be one of the best. And the one thing I remember, and I don't remember what year this was, but one of the games, that might have been top 15. Yeah. Top 15 or top 10. And they were calling all the players and, like, so-and-so has won X amount of championships. Right, and the right. player, and I remember standing there, and they're like, and Tamika catching. And I came down, and I was like,
2: ah. Oh. You need a chip.
1: I was pissed, <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, man, all of them have all these championships, and I can't even get one. <laughs> can't get one. And then when we won in 2012, I was like, OK. <laughs> Hallelujah, praise
0: the Lord. That resume looking real good now. <laughs> Anything that happened
1: after that is just an addition. All <laughs> me right there, uh, too. <laughs> we'll take it. All
2: right, that's a wrap, man. It's been too Real. We appreciate you. Super salute to you. You know how we feel about you and your game. Thank you for coming on with us, Miss Tamika Catchings.
1: Thank you. Thank you guys for having me.
2: All right, we want to thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also find all the episodes on the Players' Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast and join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribute.com